Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about how multiple layers of red tape can kill a project. Today's show is a real-life story of a project where additional layers of red tape literally killed an industrial project. This is a project that should have been able to be built by right. And when we say by right, we mean that the zoning lists a number of permitted uses. If your intended use falls within the zoning rules, you don't need to ask further permission, apart from a building permit. A building permit is required to make sure that any improvements to the land comply with the building code. And the city provides a fairly clear list of what types of improvements require a building permit and those that don't. If you're building a new structure, such as a house, a garage, or a warehouse, any of those things would clearly require a building permit. Now, In this case, the land in question has multiple zonings. Part of the land is zoned industrial, and part of the land is zoned rural. On a portion of the rural land is an environmental protection overlay. and Clearly, there are a number of development restrictions in the environmentally protected zone. The industrial zone has a number of permitted uses, which include an animal hospital, an auto body shop, an auto service station, a cannabis production facility, a gas bar, heavy equipment and vehicle sales, a dog kennel, a parking lot, a storage yard, a truck transport terminal, a warehouse, and so on. Our initial plan for the property is to land bank the property and simply put a storage yard for equipment, boats, and RVs. It seemed like the lowest possible investment that would allow for the land to carry itself while waiting for potential future development opportunities. Now, the city provides a sample list of items that do and don't require a building permit. They go on to say that if you're not sure, to call the building department and speak with a plans examiner. Projects that don't require a permit are things like painting and decorating, new flooring, new windows as long as the windows aren't changing the size of the opening, installing a fence, landscaping. So we thought, great. We have land that meets the zoning, and we have a project that doesn't require a permit. We're only going to be landscaping and installing fencing. And we confirmed that with the city. We should be able to start construction of the fencing and bringing the gravel on site pretty much immediately after closing on the purchase of the land. Now, the seller of the land provided copies of old surveys, an old environmental impact study, the previous zoning applications, and so on. There was nothing in those reports that gave us cause for concern. We read the rules that we thought applied to our case. Everything was showing green lights for the project. We then called the environmental consultant who wrote the original reports that the seller provided us. It was at this point we were made aware of additional rules of which we were unaware. That phone call turned out to be a massive education. Turns out that the rules also say that if any portion of the land is environmentally protected, no matter how far away you are from the environmentally protected zone, the entire parcel of land is subject to site plan control by the Conservation Authority. That means that even half a mile away from an environmentally protected zone, you can't erect a fence without going through the entire Conservation Authority process. That means surveying the entire parcel, not just the portion in question. In our case, on properties 230 acres, we're looking to develop five acres initially that are zoned industrial. But before we could develop the five acres, we would need to survey the entire 230 acres we would then need to hire a consultant to prepare an environmental impact study. The study is a public process that includes seven weeks of public comment. The ministry has five weeks to issue their ruling, and then following the ruling by the ministry and the Conservation Authority, there's a further five-week public review of the ministry's ruling. 
The government states the process takes a minimum of 30 weeks, assuming no delays and no changes to any of the reports. And of course, you're looking at several months and several tens of thousands of dollars being spent on preparation of the initial reports. Now, for example, if there's a nesting ground for a particular wildlife species on the property, then the consultant may only be able to start their work in April when the nests are present on the property. That involves multiple visits to the property by the consultant after waiting six months for the birds to nest. Now, understand, we're not going to be disrupting the nesting grounds of the birds because we're not developing the environmentally protected land. We're planning to put up a fence on a piece of land that's already zoned industrial. This is a story in due diligence. It means going a level deeper than just reading the reports. It means talking to the experts in the field to make sure you're not missing something. I feel like we dodged a bullet on this project. We could have been tied up for a year or more in government bureaucracy just to erect a fence. And not only that, we would have been tied to that bureaucratic process for the entire life of the project. Doing anything on the property would involve going through that exact same process each and every time. So as you think about that, take your level of due diligence a level deeper than you think is required. Have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. <laughs>